back to the Jewish Growth Podcast. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. It's great to be with you. I am recording this episode just a week before Lagba Omer. And I've been thinking a lot about building habits during this time. I don't know about you, but as a young adult, I was idealistic, probably a bit naive. And because I made the choice to dedicate myself to halacha, it was hard for me to understand why others might not be so sincere. I remember showing up to the Minion at Brandeis University. There were no smartphones in those days to text while davening, but still. I remember people who took maybe about a minute and a half to say all of the Shmona Esrei, Silent Amida. I was trying my best to sincerely do all the davening, and I had to break my teeth over a bunch of the words. What's going on with these people, I thought. Now, over the years, I realized I had plenty to learn and gain when it came to my own davening, but I also realized that people are raised with habits. Their parents brought them to shul where they were taught to daven by their teachers and at school. And so it's natural that they were davening out of routine. And I started to think that habits are not such a good thing. Much better to not have habits and be sincere and real, even if you're breaking your teeth over the words. And I came across a passage from the Ramchal, Masil Sasharim, which seemed to support my view that habits are bad, because the Ramchal quotes Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah the prophet, who decried the problems of his generation, and he says that people kept mitzvos in a manner of mitzvat anashim melumada, doing stuff by rote. And so there you have it. Habits are a problem. The issue is, though, that Judaism is built on habits. Ever hear of a book called the Shulchan Aruch from the moment we wake up and say Mo Da'ani and wash Natilas Yadaim to Shema at night in the bed? There's a myriad of daily habits that we have as Jews. So here's the problem. On the one hand, it's obvious that habitual Judaism is a risk. It's, it's an issue. And on the other hand, without habits, we have no foundation to observe. So how do we resolve this difficulty in our Torah lives? Now, there is a habit we're trying to build during this time of year, counting the Omer. We start on the second night of Pesach, and we all want to get into that habit, so we'll say the bracha every night. And the timing of this mitzvah is of interest, because it sheds a lot of light on the power of positive habits. The Parsha Emor begins to outline the Moadim, the festival starting with Pesach, And then the Torah instructs us to bring the Omer offering and begin counting the days until the Shteyalechem double bread offering is brought 50 days later on Shavuot. When do we start counting the Sphira? The Torah says, Mamacharat HaShabbat, on the morrow, or on the day after the Sabbath. Now that's an interesting phrase. What does it mean? Our tradition tells us that Macharat HaShabbat is the day after Yom Tov, the day after Pesach. And so the Sabbath in question is not Shabbat as we know it, but rather Pesach. It's just called Shabbat. Now that's a roundabout way of referring to Pesach. In fact, the Tzadukim, who denied the validity of the Oral Torah, interpreted the verse as referring to Saturday. And so in their custom, you would have Pesach, wait for Shabbos, and then Mamacharat Shabbat. And the day after Shabbat, they started counting the Omer. In practice, of course, we follow the approach of Chazal. We start to count the Omer on the second night of Pesach. We don't wait for Saturday night. 
But why refer to the day after Pesach as Maharat HaShabbat, the day after the Sabbath? Okay, Pesach is like a Sabbath in the sense that we don't work other than cooking, but still, the Torah could have said on the day after Chag. And the Maharal of Prague addresses this issue. He asserts that the nature of Shabbat, any Sabbath, is to cease and to start counting. We cease from the days of the week, Shabbat, we cease. And that cessation leads to a new minion, a new counting. And here is how the Maharal puts it in the Gur Aryeh. Kariyom tov Shabbos, shahayom tov gam ken Shabbat, dahayesh bo shvita. The verse calls Yom tov Shabbat because a Yom tov is a Sabbath, because it contains shavita, ceasing. Vikan kara oso b'shem Shabbos dafka lefisha Shabbos gori minyan. And here, the Yantif, Pesach, is specifically called Shabbos, because Shabbos starts accounting a minion. For when you have Shabbos, on the next day you begin counting the days of the week, which is fit for Shabbos, because Shabbos is a ceasing, and it is a break. So, Shabbat is where we stop, where we cease, where we start anew with a new counting. It's true that Pesach is a Yom Tov, but when we refer to it as a Shabbat, we're talking about a specific aspect of Yom Tov. We're referring to the fact that the Chag is a Shabbat. It's a time of stopping and ceasing. We cease with the flow of life and then start anew, anew again. Pesach is not only a Yontif, but it's a time that we conclude the winter months and start a new cycle of counting our days. Now, that connection between Pesach and Shavuot is based on counting, expressing our inner yearning. We count from 16 Nisan, when we bring the Omer offering of barley, an animal food, and then we count 49 days all the way to the Chag of Shavuot. When we bring the Shtei Halechem, the wheat bread offering, which is a human food. And so this counting also signifies a yearning, a longing, a growth that we're going through step by step. And it goes from the barley to the wheat. A while ago, I was actually with my daughter at a place where you can feed the goats. And I was, we were feeding them leaves. And I was watching the goats box one another out for food as we tried to give them the leaves. They had no regard for the next. And I kind of looked at the goats and felt like, gee, you know, I, I really do like being human. And so... First, we we cease on Yom Tov, and we end past cycles. And then with that cessation, we're ready for Sephira, for counting, for starting anew. We try to form a new habit that helps us progress from the barley animal food to the bread human food. It's a time where we have a yearning to progress from freedom of Pesach to the Torah of Shavuos. And as we progress forward, we're measuring time, counting the days to quantify our achievements. And so this time of the Omer, we're very close to Lagba Omer, it's the perfect time to start a new habit. And the trek towards Sinai is that place where we want to become more of that Jew that we want to be. And so we have to identify habits that will touch a deeper part of who we are and where we're going. On a personal note, learning halakha is something that's been a big part of my life journey. And over the years, though, I wasn't always consistent. And more recently, I've tried to learn a halakha every day from the Shulchan Aruch in the morning before davening. But wait, 
isn't a habit just doing stuff by rote? The other day I came across a video clip of one of my childhood sports icons, Larry Bird. I had forgotten how totally insanely good Larry Bird was, how he could get the ball into the hoop in any position, not to mention what a great team player he was. Once when I was a kid, I saw an interview with Larry Bird, and he was talking about the thousands of hours that he dribbled and shot hoops by himself in Indiana. You could say that he was forming habits. He did that stuff over and over to the point that it became so automatic. And then once it was automatic, he could do more creative stuff. And so what would take a really great ball player some effort to do, Bird could do without thinking. There was so much in his game that was on automatic that he could focus on stuff that to us looks impossible. And that's really where creativity begins. When you can do something by rote, you're creating a free space in your mind and your life so that you can engage in something else. And that's why Bird and his mind and his body was free to do the impossible like other great sports heroes. Is habit good or bad? Habit is a powerful operating system that we build into our minds, into our body even. If our Judaism is reduced to habits by rote, then our connection to Torah has no meaning. But if we proactively create habits in our lives and use them intentionally, they have a great power. Think back to that example of davening. Suppose you're in the habit of tefillah. You know how to say the words. You've got a couple options. Go on autopilot and text while davening. Or now that you know the words, enter even more into the experience. Let them enter into your heart. With habit, We open up a new space from which we can meditate more deeply where the words enter into us. I find that just the habit of getting out of bed starts me going towards davening. And who knows, once I'm going, I might have some kavana once I get started davening. A habit can be about how we relate to people. The portion of the Omer we're in right now that's going to conclude with Lagba Omer is a time that we recall the students of Rebbe Akiva who were not accustomed. They didn't have the habit of according one another kavod. And we know the, the consequences of that. Treating people with kavod could very much be a habit. And a habit is also a way to create identity. I recently read an account of a former al- alcoholic who is now successful in his life. And he explained that earlier, he didn't just drink. He identified with alcohol, and he thought he couldn't live without it. When he finally hit rock bottom a few years ago, he realized that he would not only need to give up the bottle, but positively change his identity through new habits. He's not Jewish, but meditating, journaling, lifting weights, other exercises became his new cycle of habits. And with this, he was able to redefine himself and lose the need for alcohol and parties that he once identified with. And so the habits we choose are an opportunity to redefine ourselves with small actions we take consistently. We need to build those into our lives. Habit starts with Shabbat, ceasing from the past and resolving for a different future. What's the future you want in your life? It could be a different future for your davening or how you interact. Just find a single action that brings you closer to that desired future. The act could be a set time to learn, arriving to shul five minutes prior to chakras, or a habitual act of tzedakah. 
I know someone who every Shabbos used to habitually visit a family who had lost their father and who would take the kids to Shul. When we intentionally pursue a new habit, we're creating a new opportunity in our lives. The chosen habit is a space where we're free to grow, create, innovate in new ways as we attain the future that we've been yearning for all along. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.